2: Happy 2021, hoopball Lakers family. We are back with a fresh podcast. The Lakers are 4-2 and two to begin the early season and it is starting exactly as we all imagined with the Suns sitting all alone at the top of the Western Conference at a 5-1 and one record. JC, we knew the Suns were going to be better. We knew the Lakers were going to be good. Ultimately, we think the Lakers are going to wind up in that top one or two spot. It's a new year. It's a new Lakers team, but we're still getting accustomed to the same level of Lakers success. How are we feeling about the early return so far, my man?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. I think I've, I've liked a lot of what they've seen, even in the, the losses. The opening night loss to the Clippers, they came back from 20 down. Uh, it was just, in the end, too much to overcome. And the loss against Portland, uh, you could kind of chalk up to... Um, and I saw it a little bit last night. Like, the last night's win against the Spurs, a uh, pretty boring game, like pretty ho-hum game. Uh, Lakers were down for the most part, and kind of when they felt like turning it on in the fourth quarter, they did. And uh, I think that's kind of what you're going to see. Even um, some uh, Daily Fantasy experts I follow, they're just like, I can't get a read on this Lakers team, and I don't really want to pick any of them throughout the season because you never know who's going to show up, really. But, I mean, they seem to be playing really well and they're experimenting a lot you can tell and so yeah i don't think there's going to be a lot of super exciting times during the regular season but i think they're still going to get you know more than a good amount of wins
2: Definitely some experimentation, and last night's victory over the San Antonio Spurs was the first time that we really saw Anthony Davis and LeBron James have those more traditional games that we were used to seeing from them last season. You know, I tweeted out before last night's game that it's kind of nice to watch a Lakers team that doesn't need those dominant efforts from LeBron and AD every single night in order to win. But last night against the Spurs, they most certainly needed it. One thing I will say about this Lakers team early on, of course, you know, look, we're not here to play Debbie Downer. I know the title is just – in the rear view mirror and this Lakers team is is better than the one last year that won the title, at least on paper. I will say one thing that that I'm a little concerned about, and I think we saw it against San Antonio in the last couple of games, is the rim protection. I know that's something that we, we discussed, you know, sort of ad nauseum before the season started because it was such a, a shift from the previous identity, right? And we really saw the Spurs take advantage of attacking the Lakers in the paint. And I think that's, It's a trend that's going to continue for the indefinite future because no matter who's playing inside, the Lakers don't really have that unless it's Anthony Davis playing at the center spot, and we know it's only going to be for a handful of minutes every night, at least at this juncture of the season. I haven't been totally blown away by Montrez Harrell's performance recently. I thought he got off to a nice start the first few games. The last two or three games has been a little bit more ho-hum and I'm kind of interested in seeing Markeith Morris play a little bit more. And I think maybe some of those minutes can come from Trez. Is that is that something that you've considered at all?
3: Yeah, I, I've noticed it a little bit too. In, in San Antonio, Trez didn't exactly have the, the greatest road trip there in San Antonio. And it uh, seems like they could have let Keith have more minutes. Um, yeah, it, Trez does seem like a troublesome matchup depending on the team. Uh, but he's... You know, he's still a really high-energy guy, and he's going to find ways to get his. But I think there are going to be times where if Trez is in and AD and Gasol are out, then, then yeah, they're going to have to figure out a way to either you know get strips down low, play passing lanes. They're going to have to figure out a way to kind of protect the lane rather than protect the rim.
2: I go back to something that Frank Vogel said You know, after Lakers won the title before the season started. He said, look – the the Keefe AD front court basically really helped us to win that title, so that's something that I'd like to see more of. I know Frank is experimenting early, especially with having uh, Caruso in and out of the lineup early, and and now as as we talk about Caruso, and of course we have to hit on KCP with this ankle injury, and we were just talking about it before we started taping. JC, it was sort of an odd play. KCP cut from the top of the key was coming across the lane LeBron hit him What looked like it was gonna be a layup and as soon as KCP elevated off that ankle He just sort of grabbed it and it looked like you know at first I was worried. It was an Achilles injury because it was non It was non-contact and he just sort of went up and grabbed his foot immediately But what it wound up being on the replay is he kind of turned his foot when he planted, right? So usually in basketball we see the guy step on the other guy's foot and it turns, but this he actually turned on the floor and he stayed down for several minutes afterward. And I think there there was a concern that you know it was a serious injury. I don't want to comp it to John Morant because obviously with John Morant he went up for a block and he came right down on someone else's foot. We know John Morant's going to miss. Probably a month to six weeks, and that's that's on the optimist side. My fantasy teams are taking a major hit as a result of that, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> but I don't know what KCP injury looks like. We heard it's a mild ankle sprain, which is sort of a generic term until they're able to do an MRI. But I think KCP is probably going to miss at least a little bit of time here. And with Caruso still out of the lineup due to COVID protocols, and that's only that's all we really know about Caruso, I think the Lakers are, are looking for guys who can help sort of fill those minutes. And, and I think something that this Lakers team is sort of missing right now is that secondary ball handler without Caruso in the lineup. And You know, THT, after picking up a a DNP CD, uh, he was reinserted into the lineup to try and fulfill that spot, and he's had a couple good moments, but he hasn't really shown that he should be on the court every single night quite yet. So I'm curious where you stand on that, and if KCP misses time, what do the Lakers do? Is it as simple as throwing Wesley Matthews in the starting five and calling it a day?
3: Uh, I mean, if if you're looking for a defensive impact, and Wesley Matthews did have a really great shooting night the first night. They played against the Spurs on the 30th, which he made six threes. And so, yeah, I think you could replicate a little bit of KCP's productivity defensively and offensively by inserting Wesley Matthews into the starting lineup. And then you can sort of maintain the rotation you've had in the second and third units.
2: Yeah, so I, I think I think that is probably the move that Frank Vogel makes, although I am curious to see if Kuzma's name gets thrown into that starting five as a, as a potential option if the Lakers decide to go a little bit bigger. I am curious about the Caruso situation. I know we can't really ask for details when it comes to health and safety protocols and you know, there's only so much that coaches and organizations are going to say, but obviously Caruso has been around all of those guys and He seems to be the only one right now who's out due to health and safety protocols. So I'm hoping everything is okay because Caruso, as we've come to know, is very important to this Lakers team. And I think he offers something at the point guard position that they might not have otherwise. So as crude as Schroeder has been, I would like to see Caruso return swiftly, especially if KCP is going to miss uh, extended time. And in that event, JC, where KCP, let's say instead of missing, you know, a week to 10 days kcp winds up missing two to four weeks are, are you at all concerned because here, here's where i'm at is yes the lakers have been great from the three-point line and obviously kcp has been near the top of that list but i'm i'm concerned about the style of play the lakers are currently exercising there hasn't been this commitment to defense that we've seen pre uh, in the previous year there has been more of this we're just going to you know basically out offense you right i think last night was the first game in which they scored under under 110 and actually won the game so I'm curious about that because also KCP is arguably the team's best perimeter defender, at least on a consistent basis. Yes, Wes Matthews is also up there, but I would say he's he's pretty up there if he's in the non-Lebron category. So it's something to keep an eye on, and as we get more details, obviously we'll learn more, but something to keep an eye on for this Lakers team. Things that are going right for the Lakers, and I feel like it's 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 almost funny to say that LeBron can be an afterthought, but I think there was so much time spent on talking up AD for good reason, talking up the improved depth of this Lakers bench and second unit for good reason, that there wasn't as much talk about LeBron, and I think watching him last night, I'm just reminded that there is not a single player in the NBA I would take over LeBron James if I'm the last two minutes in, and, and I need for sure a bucket i need that i need that play i know lebron's had a non-clutch sort of label for parts of his career but that guy is still the most dominant player in the nba
3: yeah it's it's really easy to kind of overlook you know how good he is and and how because i mean an in, in average game for him he had a triple double last night it was hard wasn't really hard, hardly talked about and yeah it's if he doesn't blow you away with like a 40 point stat line, it's almost as if people aren't impressed anymore. And that's just, it's crazy to think that, uh, especially this early in the regular season. And even me, I'm guilty of it a little bit where I called last night, kind of a boring game. Um, yeah, the Le- LeBron kind of stepped up when he needed to. And, but it was, and it was a great game from him, but yeah, it's easy to overlook his, his, his greatness.
2: So LeBron's, LeBron's minutes are slightly down from last season. He's playing about two and a half minutes less in the early going here. And although his field goal percentage is also down, it, down to 45% actually overall, his three-point field goal percentage is up. It's up to 36.8. Uh, surprisingly, he's taken exactly 6.3 points threes per game which is the same number that we saw from him last season but i think the thing that's impressed me with lebron is that the free throw percentage has been much better this season in fact right now he's connecting at just about a 77 percent clip and That's the best that we've seen from LeBron since we're talking his Miami days, okay? So if that trend can continue, I'd love to see more of that. I'd love for him to get to the foul line more often. But as we see with great players as they progress later into their career, they spend more time on the perimeter. And you can tell that LeBron is definitely being more methodical about his jump shooting, definitely putting more of an emphasis on threes. And I think part of that is the identity of this Lakers team. But part of that is, look, LeBron is getting older and he's looking for ways not to tax his body, especially with such a short uh, sort of... Of turnaround between seasons. But at the end of the day, the Lakers are 4 and 2. LeBron is still out here averaging 24, almost 8 rebounds, 7.7 rebounds and 7.3 assists. So it's really hard to complain about that level of production. I think when I look up and down this Lakers team, I'm looking I'm still looking for who's going to be that third guy on a consistent basis or maybe let's open up this conversation and say do the lakers need that third guy on a consistent basis given the depth that they have on this roster because obviously marcus Saul had a nice night the other night not so much in the win last night but he got on track a little bit we talked about how schroeder has been uh, a little bit better than i think a lot of people thought and going back to our crossover episode with brandon from the hoop clippers podcast jc i think we both took beverly over schroeder I'm watching Beverly now. I'm watching Schroeder. I'd like to change my answer. I'll take Schroeder over Beverly because I think he's just the better player. Um, do you think that the Lakers need that third guy, whether it's Kuzma, KCP, or somebody else, to be the guy every night? Or do you think it's going to be sort of a, a mix-and-match grab bag here as guys go off, and Trez is also involved in that mix as well?
3: I mean, I, I like what they've been doing with the the idea of, of a different guy stepping up being that third guy. Like, Schroeder's had some really great nights. Uh, he had kind of a... You know, lower production night last night, but he still had some really good moments. And, uh, and yeah, Schroeder has actually stepped into the defensive scheme kind of like I thought he would. Um, this, the defensive scheme that that Vogel has kind of sort of orchestrated. And so, yeah, I think it's hard to game plan for this team if you don't know who the third guy is going to be night to night, whether it's Schroeder, whether it's Harrell, whether, you know, Gasol will explode for a 20 point night and make four threes. Like, it's, it's hard to predict any of that night to night.
2: I wonder if Schroeder's minutes could potentially go up, especially if Caruso and KCP are going to miss more time here. I mean, he's only averaging about 30 minutes a game, so it's not like he can play 10 more minutes a night, but maybe five to six more minutes a night. He's a young guy. He's shooting almost 50% from the floor. He's well over 40% from three, and he's over 80% from the foul line. I mean, the guy's averaging 17, five, and five. And I feel like, again, he's sort of an afterthought because this Lakers team is just such a behemoth, such a giant. But the 48.8% from the field, as impressive as that is, 43.5 percent from behind the three-point line from Schroeder and you know we saw that in the postseason back going back to 2016-17 when he was with Atlanta that's going back but that was only in the postseason that year the regular season he was only 34 percent in OKC in the regular season last year he was a 38.5 percent shooter from three took a step back in the playoffs, so you know he hasn't exactly historically been a great three point shooter. In fact for his career, just thirty three point eight percent. But forty three point five percent from Dennis Schroeder from downtown has made a big difference. Do you think Schroeder might collect a few more minutes here, especially in the event KCP misses time?
3: Yeah, I'd imagine <clears throat> I'd imagine the shift might be LeBron going back to ball handling and running the offense point guard duties more and letting Schroeder play more minutes with the second unit. He's had some really great moments with, uh, with Montrez. He, he plays really well with him. And uh, I think he's played pretty well with, with Kuzma and, uh, and THT as well. And so, yeah, I think, I think they'd want to see Schroeder play a little bit more minutes with that second unit.
2: There's been so much early season movement, already a flurry of action, so you know what we need to do, and that is we need to pause the show for a very special announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everyone loves free stuff. So what's the stuff? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes. Back and fresh for the 2020-21 NBA season, our founder and fellow Mets fan, Aaron Bruski, is writing an email newsletter Filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets it's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else not even on twitter it's not on the website it's not on any podcast it's not on social media it is only in the email newsletter and you can sign up to get it for free just go to bit ly slash bruise letter 2021 that's bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Aaron Bruski straight to your inbox from us to you. Enjoy. It has been amazing to see some of the early season Sort of surprises, for lack of a better word. And, you know, we don't talk too much about other teams on this Lakers show, JC, but in watching two games against the Spurs, and I personally am somebody who likes these mini series, right? Like, I'm a baseball fan, so I'm used to seeing the same team three or four nights in a row. I think it's really interesting basketball because it forces adjustments sort of comparable to the postseason. I think the players like it a little bit too because it cuts down on the travel and and it helps with the recovery. So I think we're gonna see more of that as we move forward. But in watching the Spurs for the last couple of nights, JC, I gotta tell you, Keldon Johnson is a player, man.
3: Yeah, they've got some they've got some nice uh nice pieces. We we've all seen DeJounte Murray, I think, and if you follow LeBron, if you follow Clutch and Clutch athletes and no, LeBron's really close with him. DeJounte, DeJounte Murray's really talented. Yeah, Keldon Johnson uh, has uh, has a really nice game, and so does Lonnie Walker.
2: Lonnie Walker as well, and we haven't even mentioned Derek White, who obviously just got that $73 million extension. He made his season debut in, in the Spurs' loss to the Lakers uh, after offseason toe surgery. So I'm very curious to see what sort of comes of all these baby Spurs. But Keldon Johnson is someone who really stuck out to me. I want to comp him to the Brandon Ingram trajectory, and we all know how high I am on Brandon Ingram, so that's quite the compliment right there. I really like Keldon Johnson. I think he's going to be a name to remember both in reality and fantasy, so a true early-season waiver-wire gem if you were fortunate enough to scoop him up or probably more likely a very nice late-round pick in your draft. Kudos to you if you're able to grab him. I'm very happy with grabbing LeBron in the first round of nearly all of my drafts, despite so many saying LeBron is not a first-round talent. But the guy I took in the second round across the board, and unfortunately, not somebody we'll see in the upcoming window of games here against the Grizzlies, is Ja Morant, JC. We know Ja's missing time with that grade two ankle sprain. I'd ask you what we're going to watch versus the Grizzlies, but without John Morant, it takes a lot of sizzle out of that steak. So this on paper should be a 2-0 stretch for the Lakers. But for whatever reason, going to Memphis is always a challenge for the Lakers. So, JC, do you think this is an easy 2-0? What are you watching for? What do you hope to see from these Lakers in the next couple games here?
3: I mean, I think it'll be 2-0, but I also think it'll be a good time to see just how, how much in peril they – the Lakers might be as far as, uh, you know, playing against the center, like, like Jonas Valanciunas. And, you know, I think Jonas Valanciunas has, has an opportunity to put up some really good numbers here because, you know, after Gasol, then there's Trez. And I don't know how much Anthony Davis is going to end up playing on him. And so I think the debt, the, the lack of depth at center could be exposed against this Memphis team.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's something I'm also interested about, right. Is, is how, the Lakers sort of not not match up necessarily, but defend this Grizzlies team because Jonas Valanciunas could be a problem, although I think Marcus Gasol is sort of a good neutralizer for a center like that. Valanciunas isn't the most bouncy guy in the world. I'm curious to see what Gasol's production reaction is, returning to Memphis as a member of the Lakers. I'm sure there will be some emotion there. On the Memphis side, without John Morant, you've got some interesting guys. I mean, you've got Dylan Brooks in there. I like Dylan Brooks a lot. Um, I'm curious about Brandon Clark. I think he's a guy who, you know, slow start, but obviously the talent is there. Jonas Valanciunas, as we've mentioned. Anybody else on that Memphis team really stick out to you? I'm kind of hoping D'Anthony Melton gets cleared from the COVID protocols in time to face the Lakers, not because I'm rooting for the Grizzlies, but because I'd like to see D'Anthony Melton play a little bit while John John Morant is out. They spent $36 million to re-sign him. I'm very curious to see what he can do. Ultimately, what I hope for the Lakers side is what I what I don't want to see is what we saw against Portland, where the Lakers got off to a fast start in the first five minutes, 15, 17 point lead, and basically decided they could take the rest of the night
3: off. Yeah, um, I mean that's basically yeah one of your worries. One of your worries. Uh, Kyle Anderson's actually been playing pretty well for Memphis as well, and so yeah, you yeah, kind of see how how they're going to neutralize uh, players like that
2: slow mo has been excellent i think so many people thought he was you know kind of an afterthought for lack of a better way to say it because frankly he was last season with all the injury issues he had but he's really showing why the grizzlies decided to go out in free agency and actually spend on a free agent for the first time in a long time when they signed him so he's been excellent for them as well i think the grizzlies are going to challenge the lakers in the half court a little bit so i do think they will be more methodical, especially about getting the ball to Anthony Davis. I thought that was something they tried to do early against the Spurs last night and something that I sort of welcome uh, seeing from them because in the, in a couple of games prior to that, they hadn't made that, that that true effort to get AD going early, which is something they did well last season. They did it against the Spurs in the Friday night win, so I'm curious to see if they will continue to do that against the Memphis team that doesn't really necessarily have a, a defender that can suit up with AD. So I'm curious to see on that. Then we see the Spurs, and you know we'll be with you all along the way here. We see the Spurs after the two-game set against the Grizzlies for the Lakers. We see the Spurs for the final time of the regular season already, which is crazy to say. And then the Lakers take on the Bulls before getting into a double dose of action against the Rockets. So to me, this looks like a 4-0 and slate for the Lakers. But what looks like 4-0 isn't always 4-0, as we know all too well. JC, any potential trap or letdown games here for the Lakers in the immediate first four, two against the Grizzlies, then against the Spurs, and then the Bulls? Uh,
3: I mean, I think playing the Spurs a third time uh, might give the advantage to the Spurs. Uh, They played them really tight last time. Um, But yeah, there have been some crazy nights uh, so far in the regular season. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I would say... um, yeah, the Spurs that that third Spurs matchup might be the only kind of kind of slip up.
2: The only potential question I have beyond the Spurs because they're the Spurs, it is it is a back to back after they play the Spurs. It is a back to back against the Bulls that very next night. So, I, I think the Lakers should beat the Bulls. I mean, most certainly the Bulls haven't exactly been the most formidable opponent around the NBA these days, but. You never know because that's how this basketball season is going to go, and so be it. And I think Dennis Schroeder, to come back to him, is a guy who should take on a little bit more of an extended role given we probably won't KC- see KCP. It doesn't seem like we're going to see Alex Caruso in the immediate future, and I would like to see Schroeder take on uh, a few more minutes. And I think he's a guy who a lot of people are asking, damn, why wasn't he drafted earlier in Fantasy League? So just to tie it all together there. I think for the Lakers, one thing that I'm really looking to is is that <laughs> fence again and, I, and again I know it's a, it's a departure from the way that the Lakers played last year and in, in particular inside but I really think the Lakers would benefit more from that commitment to defense to spark their offense do you have any concerns on that on that side say goodbye
3: Not really. I think I think that'll come. I think that's just kind of one of the things early in the, this regular season that's not their main focus. I believe they. I, I think they believe so much in their defense they don't will need to focus on that net so much now. You, you see a lot of experimentation on offense is, is what's going on right now.
2: Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. How do you feel about Kyle Kuzma early this season? He's a guy we've talked a lot about leading up to the season, JC. How do you feel about the way Kyle Kuzma has played?
3: Uh, I mean, I've I've liked what he's played. Uh, his decision making is a lot better. Uh, it's not really helping his stat line, so I think people that are really going out of their way to criticize him are going to look at his stat line and continue to not be very impressed. Um, you know, although you know his projection has him at around 19 points, but so far this season. He's only put him at about 11 points a game, but he's getting more assists. Uh, he's uh, making smart passes. Uh, he's he's just he's not so much like you like to say what's the best play for Kuz mode anymore. Uh, he's he's playing really well with THD, uh, and so yeah, I've liked his decision making so far. I think um, I think he's in a good place.
2: I think the signing the extension obviously helped him sort of clear the cobwebs mentally, and that's something that we discussed as well. I think what I'd like to see more from Kuzma is more of that playmaking. I think he's tried at times, and, and it's been uh, it's a little bit hit or miss. I still feel like he's uh, prioritizing his shot, in particular the three-point shot whenever he touches the ball. But I think the the inconsistent playing time is also sort of a factor, and you know I was I was all aboard the THT train just a couple of weeks ago, and not that I've hopped off entirely, but clearly he's not going to be averaging more minutes than Kyle Kuzma in the near future. THT, as as we said, he picked up DNPCD, then he was back in the rotation. Where are you at with THT?
3: Uh, he's. He's proven to be a, an impactful player on defense, and so I think that's going to be where his main focus of, of area of development will be this season. I think his his long arms make it really hard to, to pass against him. Uh, he's he's kind of been that ball handler when he's been in there offensively, and so I think he's that's kind of been his role. Um, the times he's been in there with LeBron, I've noticed he's been kind of stand out in the wing and wait to catch and shoot, and he's done pretty well with that so far. And so he's he's a little bit of a mixed bag still. I don't know if he's got he nailed his his specialty quite yet, but uh, I mean I do like what I've seen because the the potential for the upside, the very high upside is is there.
2: I do think I I do agree with you when it comes to the, the defensive side and and the the deferring to LeBron I think is sort of natural, especially for a young player. I think he's been very aggressive offensively. In fact, probably too aggressive in in trying to get to the hole and sort of force things sometimes. I did like seeing LeBron pass out to him uh, and THT hitting the three, we know confidence is the, isn't the issue. But I think he's just sort of searching for his role, whatever it's going to be on this Lakers team. But he's not somebody who's going to complain if he plays 10 minutes one night, if he doesn't play one night, if he plays 15 or eight, whatever it is. I think he's going to take it all in strides. But he's definitely not a guy you should be hanging on to on your fantasy roster or anything like that. So send him back to the waiver wire if you're still you know, sort of hoping for a miracle. And as we talk about fantasy, of course we have to bring up The Fantasy Pass. While fantasy draft season is over and you Brewski 150 your way to a hell of a team, the season has just started. The Fantasy Pass is still the best deal in the industry at just $4.99 per month. I mean, hell, I paid $5 for my coffee this morning, and now that we're into the regular season, there is zero commitment. Sign up for just a month, and it's 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel it. We know you'll love it, but it's always nice to have the option. The control is squarely with you. The Fantasy Pass has everything you'll need to dominate all year. Updated projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, the HoopBall Discord server, where you can hang out with all the HoopBall pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. So please, check it out, head to hoop and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. I mean, for five bucks a month, JC, I know we all sit here, we have subscription services, we have boxes that come to our door. I got vitamins that are delivered in specialized packs. Five bucks a month is a whole lot of nothing, man. So I I feel like the Fantasy Pass is an absolute steal. I know the Brewski 150 is the leading ranking in the industry. So our listeners are getting a value and then some for there. I am off to an okay fantasy start on my end of course the john Morant injury has really hampered me the kevin love injury i did not want kevin love on my teams but i needed rebounds late so i had to grab him so double dose of turd sandwich for me earlier in the year how are your <laughs> teams holding up so far sir uh
3: well i don't have any nba fantasy teams but i have been doing a lot of daily fantasy and uh over in the discord uh for you know wager pass subscribers and fantasy pass subscribers they're they're all in there, and everyone's talking about their lineups, and everyone's talking about you know should I sit or start this guy, uh, you know Devin Ellington, one of the wager pass guys, uh, puts in a, puts in a lot of great advice there, and and yeah, jumping on that fantasy pass, the hoop ball wager pass, it's ten bucks a month. Uh, if you don't do fantasy, uh, the wager pass, those guys give you. A lot of picks every day for just ten bucks a month. Every other provider out there is going to charge you some seven hundred and fifty dollars for the year, some six sixty seventy bucks a month. Uh, Hoopball only charges you ten. You get really great advice uh, from some really great, uh, you know, not professional sports gamblers, but guys who do it do it for you know for fun and hit hit fifty to 60 percent of their marks. And so you want to follow their advice at Hoopball with the wager pass for ten bucks a month.
2: Hey man, it's it's one of the best deals, and we really we bring everything to our listeners, JC. We want them to have all of the success in the world, and and if DFS is your thing, man, you really got to get in on all of this because I can't tell you how helpful it is. And of course, it's always nice to win money, man. That's that's why we're in this, right? It's it's nice to hustle your way through the hobby. The Lakers in the Western Conference sit at four and two, JC. Third place overall, while well, technically tied for second with the Clippers at 4-2. and two. And then we have an all sort of mishmash of teams. I think one of the bigger, I don't know if we call it a surprise, but one of the bigger sort of my eyes pop out of my head when I see it, the Nuggets sitting all the way at the bottom of the Western Conference with a 1-4 and four record, and the Mavericks sitting outside the playoff picture at 2-3. and three. Of those two squads, JC, which one is the more surprising to you and why?
3: Um... I mean Denver, just because they you know made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, they did lose Jeremy Grant, uh, but and he's doing pretty he's doing really well in Detroit. Uh, it didn't seem like that loss is going to hurt them that much, especially because he still got you know the emer- the emergence of Michael Porter, uh, who currently is out with uh, contact tracing through COVID protocols. Uh, so yeah, Denver's start is surprising. Dallas is almost just as surprising because Luka came into the season as the odds-on favorite. Uh, You can get those odds at mybookie.ag, promo code Hoopball. Uh, The odds-on favorite to win MVP, and Luka has been off to a really terrible start. Uh, And so they're both equally surprising. I think Dallas is starting to to come on a little bit. Luka had a really great game last night. Uh, So, yeah, Denver I think is the most surprising.
2: I'm curious because I I think that one of the things for me is – Uh, with Denver, right? We know MPJ is going to miss some time due to contact tracing. I had this really sizzling take on Twitter last night and I read it back this morning and it almost might be too hot to handle, but I'm going to pitch it to you. I think if the Nuggets are committed to Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as their core, that MPJ is going to be most valuable to this Nuggets team in a trade versus on the court. But if the Nuggets are not committed to the Jokic-Murray pairing, then I think it's the Jokic-MPJ pairing. Do you think we could be hearing Jamal Murray trade rumors? Uh,
3: potentially. I think uh, it, it all depends on when. So he hasn't signed his max yet, right? I'm thinking. he. I thought he did. but
2: Jamal Murray is on a max extension. Yes, okay, sir.
3: so there's a max ex- Okay, so yeah. There there could be a hungry team out there willing to sacrifice a lot of their young future, maybe somebody like the Spurs uh, who have a lot of nice young pieces, um, but may want to gravitate towards more solidified veteran presence like Jamal Murray. Uh, So yeah, something like that could be interesting to look for.
2: I'm curious. And as far as the Mavericks, do you think it's just a matter of until Porzingis gets back?
3: Yeah, I, I don't think there's a lot of moves Dallas can make. I think they've got a pretty good team. It's just for whatever reason, Luke has been off to a slow start and then yeah, you're waiting for Porzingis to get back, and and Luca, Luca, I think is someone who who's who's got so much potential and he's got so much talent. I'd really love to see him, uh, and he he has so much you know uh, admiration and respect for LeBron. I'd really love for him to spend a summer with LeBron and kind of work out the way LeBron does. Like I'm obviously not expecting Luca to come back and and be in shape like LeBron is every season, but I mean Luca's a little doughy he uh, could see he could certainly lose a f- you know be a little bit more lean and i think that would help him be faster it help him be more athletic uh his game would skyrocket if he was just a little bit more i mean in shape is a crazy thing to say cuz he's a professional nba player but i mean yeah he's definitely not you know he doesn't look like lebron out there and he he easily could
2: you're saying he's closer to the uh, james harden diet than the lebron james
3: <laughs> yeah, diet? yeah. And like to look at somebody like Kevin Love, like I never thought. Looking the way Kevin Love did his rookie year, you never thought he would, he could be as lean as he is now. Like I, he obviously could have lost some weight when he first started playing. I didn't think he'd be as thin as he looks now. And so yeah, something like, something like that kind of transition for Luka would be good.
2: No doubt about it. I think one of the things to to bring it back to the Lakers. I think one of the things that I'm looking for with this Lakers team is you know continued sort of. Continued consistency across the board, right? I mean, we've we've talked about sort of the not uneven style of play, but uneven level of effort. And again, I, I hate to keep harping on it, but rim protection. I mean, you're talking about a team, and I'm not going to even include Costa Sotanikko in this because we're talking about one game played. But you got Marcus Alls averaging 1.3 blocks per game, and you've got Kyle Kuzma averaging a block per game. That's it for guys averaging at least one block per game. In the steals category, you've got three guys averaging more than a steal per game, or at least a steal per game, I should say. LeBron at 1.2, Anthony Davis at 1, THT at 1, nobody else over 1. So I'm just sort of curious, as this Lakers team continues to move forward, if they are going to be hampered at all on that defensive end as a result of the shift in identity. Minutes-wise, I think it's basically as we'd imagine, Montrez is averaging just Close to 26 minutes a game. I think that's a little bit higher than we anticipated. Kyle Kuzma right around 25. KCP around 24, probably as anticipated. Marcus Saul at 19. I'd like to see more minutes for Wesley Matthews. I, I think that he'll get better with more minutes, probably closer to 21 or 22 instead of the 18 or so he's at now. And I really, really, really want to see more minutes for Markeith Morris. I, again, I think if Trez's minutes from 26 come down to 22 and Marquis from about 15 right now goes up to about 19 or 20, I think that's probably your sweet spot right there. So I'm curious to see how that sort of navigated. I am loving the fact that this team has one, two, three, five – six guys averaging at least 10 points per game kcp right at 10 and lebron at the top of the pack with 23.8 i do think we will see a step back in terms of per game averages from both ad and lebron because of the depth of this lakers team and frankly because they're just going to not need those level of efforts on certain nights but i am curious to watch that any early season trends here that you're noticing that you want to see either reversed or continued
3: uh, I mean, yeah, lower lower minutes for LeBron and AD. I want to see that continue. That's obviously going to be based on how well they play in the first two and a half quarters of every game, and so it's not always going to be the case. But uh, thirty-one minutes, twenty-eight, and then twenty-six, I think, was the minutes for LeBron in the first three games, and that's that's kind of the proper way to do to do load management. Uh, yeah, and Markeith Morris. I thought Markeith Morris had a really great preseason. And I thought he's had a really good start to this season. And so, yeah, I would love to see him play more minutes. Um, yeah. Figure out a way to, and, and I think with THT, I think some of the the things we've seen from him, uh, like mistakes that I've seen him make are mistakes. that I think he can only learn by experiencing, like he's, he's been called for a charge a couple of times, or he, he thought, or he's been called for a block a couple of times, or he probably thought he was going to get, you know, the offensive charge. And he's, been in the wrong place Defensively a few times And I don't think That's something you can really teach You've got to Let him experience that um, And so Early in the season Is the time To let that happen
2: As we talk about The Lakers Sort of experimenting And cleaning up Their rotations I think it's the perfect time To talk about the package That just showed up At my front door You know it You love it We talk about it Every episode Of course It is Manscaped Shout out to Manscaped Thank you for sending along That cologne Thank you for sending along Those ball wipes, both are going to be excellent uh, additions into my collection, and I am supremely appreciative, and if you do not know about Manscaped, now is the time for you to learn. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which will help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It is intelligently contoured. Design enhances enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. But if you gotta use it for 90 minutes, you gotta use it more often. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Yes, you will even get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. But you got to use the code HoopBall20. What are you waiting for? Go whack those weeds. And as somebody who can personally attest to – The girlfriend says, keep using it. It is working for you. So when it is lady-approved, we know that we got to keep doing it. JC, I think I look up and down this Lakers team, and as we've discussed, mostly more or less as we've expected, a few sort of eyebrow-raising moments, both good and bad, early in the season. If after six games we had to sit here and say – what is sort of your outlook for the rest of the way if i sat here and said to you okay in a 72 game season jc the over under for wins for the lakers is 48 that's about 66.7% of their regular season games they win are you taking the over or the under um
3: i'd take the over i think i think there are going to be a lot of times where this team's not going to be fully engaged but they like shown last night, they have the ability to kind of turn it on. And so I think there'll be a lot more times where there'll be a lot of instances where it'll be a game, like where it looks like maybe they've checked out and then they end up with a kind of a surprising win.
2: I think I agree with you as well. And, and for the Lakers, one thing that I'm going to be looking forward to is again, just that consistent level of effort. Not that they're going to have to beat every opponent by 30 points every night, but this Lakers team has the talent to come out and really put their foot down early I'm kind of getting over the slow starts. I'd like to see the more aggressive starts. Get out to that early lead, solidify those rotations, and keep that level of energy up for the remainder of the game. And you then you can ease your foot off the gas pedal late. You can sit AD. You can sit LeBron and you can watch those guys maintain a lead when you've got guys like Schroeder and Wes Matthews and Harrell and Kuzma and all those other supporting pieces out there. So I think that's the direction I want to see the Lakers move forward with as the season progresses. That's my biggest complaint, but if that's my biggest complaint, J.C., I think things are going pretty, pretty well so far. I know you're a betting man, though, so I have to ask you. LeBron is currently right around 23 points per game. That would be his lowest in quite some time. Do you think LeBron finishes with more than 23 points per game or under 23 points per game, or excuse me, 24 points per game, currently averaging 23.8? Uh,
3: I believe – I think he'll still hit that like 24 to 25 when it's all said and done. Uh, and so, yeah, speaking of wa- yeah, wagering, uh, talked about my bookie earlier. Whatever the MVP odds are, Definitely jump off of Luca. Uh, he's no longer going to be the odds-on favorite. Um, you're probably, you know, splitting your money by going either going Anthony Davis or LeBron James. But if this team wins 48 to 49 games and that they get that number one seed in the West, it only makes sense that one of these two should be the MVP of the league. Should like I'm sure Giannis will have another dominating season, and I'm sure the narrative will will be. He is so dominant in the East, you have to give him the MVP, but we've seen that story time and time again. No reason LeBron shouldn't have been the MVP last year, and that might be the case again this year.
2: Agree, and I think there's some Giannis fatigue growing on uh, around the league in terms of the voting process, so I like that. I think just for context, if LeBron does not average 24 points per game, it would be the first time since his rookie season that that has happened okay if he does not or excuse me there was one year in in miami oh no that was the playoffs so looks like that would be the first time since his rookie season that he does not crack that 24 points per game so i think that's a good bet to make especially as the lakers turn it on the second half of the season I think the Lakers are in a good spot. No real huge complaints. I think the loss versus the Clippers, as you mentioned, kind of expected, especially with the emotion of of ring night and just opening night in general. The loss against the Blazers was because the Lakers played for five minutes and then decided to take the night off. Other than that, things are going as expected. Business as usual. It's hard to believe that we're in 2021, JC, but we certainly are. Happy New Year to you and the whole family. Any special plans to kick off the new year?
3: Uh, none right now, just kind of been hanging out. I had a, I don't know, I've told told you or the listeners before LeBron and I actually have the same birthday. And so I got to, uh, partake in, uh, and watch him, you know, on TV, man, it would have been the perfect scenario. Like I've, I've always wanted to watch LeBron play on our birthday and I live in Austin, Texas and here they are in San Antonio, but because of damn COVID, I couldn't go to the game. Uh, only one time have I made the effort to actually watch LeBron play on our birthday, and it was when he had the groin injury uh, after the Warriors Christmas game. And so I've still never seen him play in person on our birthday. Uh, but that's usually what I end up doing around New Year's is kind of watching LeBron play.
2: I <laughs> will belated happy birthday to you, sir. And hopefully as we get covid 19 under orders finally hopefully as we move forward into 2021 we will all be back at arenas in the very near future i am hopeful to again see a sports game live it has been what feels like a long time although it hasn't even been a year in fact the last sports game uh, i went to live was lakers bucks just before the season went kaput and i was I was fortunate enough to be one of the final uh, members of the public in Dodger Stadium just before that was closed to the public. So it feels like it's been a lifetime. It hasn't even been a year. Hopefully, it will be a short turnaround for us. As someone who has the same birthday as Marcus Saul certainly not LeBron James level or Tiger Woods level, but nonetheless, same birthday as Marcus Saul I look forward to in 2021 to see the Lakers continuing to succeed, to get this country back on track, and hopefully, we can all just sort of put this. 2020 experience behind us and move forward and for all of our listeners in 2021 if you are not already following the hoop Ball Lakers on Twitter. I don't know what you're doing. So you got to make sure that you are following us at Hootball Lakers. Of course, you have to follow the Hootball family at Hootball Tweets at Hootball Fantasy. And you would be remiss if you are not following JC on Twitter at JC on one And of course, you can follow me at Ethan underscore Noroff. The Lakers four and two as they look forward to moving into the first 10 games of the season. Hopefully the Lakers solidify their level of effort, their level of consistency, tweak the rotation as necessary. Compete on the defensive end and continue the quest for yet another ring. Until next time, enjoy the hoops. 2021, here we are. We out.
0: This has been a hoop HoopBall presentation.